Thank you so much for joining me today on Just Praise Him Radio. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax, and my job is to inspire you to a closer walk with Christ. Now here's the show. Hello, believers. Welcome to the Just Praise Him Radio Show. I'm your host, Glenda Lomax. And the title of my message today is The Test of Forty. I want to share with y'all a revelation that I got recently in my morning prayer time. I was just reading the word. I never saw this before. Uh, I know other people have seen it, I'm quite sure. But it was new to me, so I wanted to share it with y'all. I've never heard this talk about before, but I can't be the only person who sees this. Y'all have heard me mention numbers from time to time, especially the number 10. I heard Robert Morris talking about 10 in a sermon years ago, and it was hands down the best sermon on 10 being the number of the test I have ever heard. 10 is a number indicating a test is at hand. If 10 shows up in your life, look to see what you're being tested on. Then find out, you know, what it is for sure so you can pass the test. Otherwise, you have to keep retaking the test until you pass. And who wants to do that? So I came across the number 40 that morning in my reading, and God just quickened my spirit, and I saw something that I was really excited about because it was something new. The rest of my time in the Word that morning and ever since has been spent looking at verses for this and reading, you know, the context and everything like that. So here we go. So 10 is the indication you're being tested, but I was shown that 40 is also a test number. Only 40 indicates a very specific type of test, and it is confirmed in Scripture repeatedly, in my opinion. The test of 40 is asking the question, will you bow down to the enemy out of fear, or will you follow me? Let's look at some of the verses, and I'll show you what I mean. Moses was on the backside of the desert for 40 years until the Lord sent word to him through the burning bush. He must have wanted to go back to the comfort of the palace in his old life of privilege at least at times, but he never bowed. He served God till the very end. Acts 7, 29 to 31, or 7, 29 to 30. Acts 7, 29 to 30. Then fled Moses at this saying and was a stranger in the land of Midian, where he begat two sons. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai, an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. We all know the story of what happened there. Okay, Exodus 16, 35, 40 years of eating manna. And the children of Israel did eat manna 40 years, and they came to a land inhabited. They did eat manna until they came unto the borders of the land of Canaan. What was the alternative to eating manna? To go back to Egypt, to go back to being a slave to the enemy, to work for Pharaoh where they could have their garlics and their leeks and sit by their cooking pots, to run back to what's familiar instead of forging ahead through the inconveniences through the scary unknown, to what God had promised them. For 40 years, every morning when the manna fell, God was silently asking, So, Israel, will you eat the perfect manna I created just for you, or will you bow down to your comfort zones and your fear and run back to Egypt, where you will stay a slave eating Pharaoh's leftovers? Deuteronomy 8.2, my favorite scripture, 40 years in the wilderness. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led thee these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee, and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart, whether thou wouldest keep my commandments or no. If y'all can hear those doors slamming, please excuse that. I am in a hotel. I've been in a hotel for two weeks because I had to move again. So I'm, I'm just 
there's sometimes background noise. I'm sorry about that. Deuteronomy 8.2 actually reveals the same reasons for all the tests of 40. Will you be prideful and do it your way, or will you humble yourself and let me prove you? Or will I have to show you what is really in your heart that you think you will keep my commandments, but you won't? Exodus 24.18, 40 days on the holy mount. Could have been also a test of will you stay faithful? And Moses went into the midst of the cloud and got him up into the mount, and Moses was in the mount 40 days and 40 nights. And by the way, if you read your Bible as you should, then you know Israel flunked the test of Moses being on the mount for 40 days. That was when they had Aaron make them a golden calf, and they threw a big party and started worshiping it. In fact, that that may have, I can't remember if that had anything to do with why they were left there for 40 years. I don't remember if it was that or the complaining or what. Test of will you believe what God told you, Numbers 13, 24 to 29. The place was called the Brook Eshkel because of the cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and shewed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came into the land whither thou sendest us, and surely it flows with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great, and moreover we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. These are the facts, guys. Here they were given a silent choice to stand in faith on what the Lord clearly told them he was taking them to, or to feel fear knowing they were facing lands full of highly trained, well-armed enemies. Okay, Numbers 13, 30 to 32. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we'll, we're well able to overcome it. Caleb was sitting there putting his cowboy boots on, get ready to roll out, right? Caleb said, God said it's ours. Come on, pack your stuff, let's go. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. They had seen the enemies with their own eyes. And though fear is a human response, it's not the response God wants from his children. You know, God said, Go get it, Israel. It is not a great idea to argue with Almighty. He's, I'm just saying, he told them to go into the land. I'll help you, you know, and all that. They're like, we don't want to go. And they brought up an Eden, not saying I would want to go either. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched and the children of Israel saying, the land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. So I think they must have seen giants there or something. Probably Goliath's relatives. Genesis 8, 6. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. What was the temptation here? To run ahead of God and get out of the ark, to get out and look around and see what was left of the world they once knew. Okay, this is a word for somebody. You are at this place now. You are being tempted to run out ahead of God and do something. I don't know what it is, but he says, don't do it. Something isn't, is not ready yet that he needs you to have. So like he's preparing it before you go wherever it is you're going. It's like there is a danger in you running out ahead of him. I don't know if you're male or female. I think this word is for numerous people. Okay, moving right along here. 
So Noah and his family had been sealed in that boat with no fresh air, very little light, and a massive amount of animal excrement for 150 days, five months, y'all. That would be like you getting into the ark today on February 17th, and you did not get out until July with no Febreze. Come on. That was bad. You know they wanted to get off that boat. Noah's wife was probably threatening him by then that he better get her off of it. <laughs> he probably wanted to climb out the boat worse than anybody. But Noah obeyed very wisely. You know he wanted to climb out of that window, lay on the deck and catch some rays But by then. It's easy to see why God chose him. He waited for the Lord to tell him the flood was over. Okay, Ezekiel laid on his right side for 40 days to symbolize Judah's sins in Ezekiel 4, 6. And when thou hast accomplished them, lie again on thy right side, and thou shalt bear the iniquity of the house of Judah 40 days. I have appointed thee each day for a year. Okay, Elijah walked 40 days and 40 nights to reach Mount Horeb. He fasted for 40 days before beginning his public ministry, and he remained 40 days on, the Mount, on Mount Carmel. Jonah warned Nineveh for 40 days that judgment was coming unless they repented. Jonah 3.4 And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet 40 days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So many 40s in the Bible. I think there's like 157 in the King James. So the test of 40 is a real thing. The test of 40 is asking the question, will you bow down to the enemy out of fear or will you follow me? And how you answer determines who you will serve in your lifetime. So let's look at a couple of ways people in the Bible responded to the test of 40. 1 Samuel 17, And the Philistines stood on a mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on a mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. And there went out a champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath whose height was six cubits and a span. That's only six foot nine, by the way. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. And the, the Philistine drew near morning and evening and presented himself 40 days. If that was not a temptation to bow down to fear, I don't know what was. And you know, we all face giants in our lives from time to time. The giant bully, the giant bills we can't pay, the giant diagnosis from the doctor. Clearly facing a giant coming against you brings the temptation to fear for your life. That's a natural response. But our God wants us to walk supernaturally above the fear by choosing a different response. Only young David did this in the following verses. And I love the story of David and Goliath. 1 Samuel 17, verse 26, And David spake to the men that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man that killeth this Philistine and taketh away the repro reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Like, who does he think he is? And the people answered him after this manner, saying, So shall it be done to the man that killeth him. And Eliab, his eldest brother, heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David. And he said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thine heart. Thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. And David said, What have I now done? Is there not a cause? Like, is there a reason for me to come down here? And I am certain that David could hear the laughter of the Philistines and the reproaches of Eliab as he ran towards Goliath. You know they thought they were just going to see some sport as this young upstart ran at the bully that they could, thought could tear him apart. 
all the grown men were shrinking back from the same bully, except David. And if David had run alone, Goliath could have torn him apart. But he ran in the name of the Most High God, so he ran without any fear. And he proceeded to give Goliath the whooping of a lifetime right in front of everybody. And God is still getting the glory from that. Eliab was scared David was going to show him up, which, of course, he did. He knew David had already, at his young age, shown the courage and the skill to kill a lion and a bear while protecting his father's sheep. Verse 32, And David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Thy servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against the Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. Have you ever tried so hard to do something good and nobody around you believed in you? Everybody looked down on you like you didn't know anything. David knew how that felt, but he pushed past it with his usual courage. He was used to being treated that way because he was the youngest. And then God used Goliath to set a table before him in the presence of his enemies and show everybody then and now what David was made of. Verse 34, And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him and smote him and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and smote him and slew him. Like I whooped him. It was done. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David looked at Goliath and saw him for what he was, just another big mouth bully. There are a dime a dozen. Goliath, by the way, was only six foot nine, so he was not that big and definitely not as bad as he thought he was. Goliath was not a spiritual man, so he did not realize when you go against one of God's children, it is God you are fighting against, and he will give you a whooping. And you won't forget it, and he will do it right out in front of everybody, usually using the smallest guy in the room. Scholars believe that David was no older than 15 at the time he slew Goliath, and he may have been as young as 13. At most, they believe he might have been 20, but the, they believe that the 15 is a lot more likely. They did a bunch of different math and his siblings and stuff like that. So that's what happened to Goliath. So there you go. He should have been out there running his big mouth. The test of 40 was the 40 days Goliath walked back and forth, taunting Israel, telling them to send a man to fight with him one-on-one. -on -one. Not an army against an army. or They would have gone in there, but man-on-man. -man. He appeared to be a warrior, but in reality, he was just a tall dude with really big mouth who knew how to intimidate people. When God got through with him, he was a headless corpse. So there you go. So Goliath ran his mouth for 40 days straight, trying to get all of Israel to bow down in fear of him. But there was one guy who happened to be the smallest and in his brother's estimation, the least significant, who did not fear him. And he was the one God used to cut Mr. Big Mouth down to size. I love that David used Goliath's own sword to behead him. So Best answer to the test of 40. Number one, partner up with God to defeat the enemy, no matter how big he is, and get the job done. Don't bow down. Turn it into worship. And my very favorite verse is about the test of 40 and the single best answer to the test, Matthew chapter 4. Then was Jesus led up of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was after, afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command that these stones be made bread. Come on, turn it into some biscuits. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Acts 1, 
1 through 3. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. There's another 40 in this. Until the day in which he was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. By the way, Jesus told his disciples in the Gospels that Jerusalem was going to be destroyed, and that happened, I think, 40 years later after he was crucified. Best response to the test of 40, answer it with the word of God. No, I will not bow down to you, Satan. You can take your offers with you and go back to your house. You know where. I also found where judgment came in 40s. Judges 13.1. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord, and the Lord delivered them into the hand of the Philistines 40 years. And here's another one, Genesis 7, 12. And the rain was upon the earth 40 days and 40 nights. Judgment for living in sin that hit everybody except Noah and his family. So 40s can also be judgment. There are lots of 40s in the Bible that make this a very interesting study. 40 stripes, 40 days of rain, 40 days of warning, 40 days of manna, 40 days of fasting, 40 days on the waters, and more. 40 is the test of will you bow down to the enemy? We are going to get many chances to answer that question in these times, especially once the persecution really ramps up. Well, that's all I have for y'all today. I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you. Be sure you catch my new address. It is not Turkey Creek anymore in the outro. I just had to move again, y'all. Jesus bless you. Thanks for listening. Y'all have a great week. Thank you so much for tuning in today to Just Praise Him Radio. I hope this has inspired you to a closer walk with Christ. You can contact me by mail at my new address, JPH Inc., P.O. Box 854, Altus, Oklahoma. That's A-L-T-U-S, Oklahoma 73522. Or by email at wingsofprophecy at gmail.com. JPH is not affiliated with any nonprofit organization, church, or denomination. Have you ever gone through a time in your life where suddenly it just felt like your whole life was falling apart? I call these experiences the wilderness experiences. Wilderness experiences are time of great uncertainty and change. Uh, There are times when our faith is tried and refined. After many experiences, the Lord spoke to me to write The Wilderness Companion, which is a virtual roadmap through the desert times of your life. Find out why you've been led to the wilderness. Find out what the biggest hindrance is to receiving provision in the wilderness. Find out what the seven temptations of the wilderness are. Drastically cut the time you spend in the wilderness by learning how to partner with the Lord instead of working against Him. Every Christian needs to read The Wilderness Companion. It's by Glenda Lomax and it's available on Amazon.com or WingsOfProphecy.com. Amazon.com, The Wilderness Companion by Glenda Lomax. Are there areas of sin in your life you just can't seem to overcome no matter how hard you try? Many people live their whole lives under curses without understanding they can be free. Learn what the scriptures say about curses and why they are still relevant today. Hosea 4.6 says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Learn how to defeat every curse through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ. 
If you have the knowledge, you can break curses off your life and start experiencing breakthroughs like never before. In the book Loosed from Chains of Darkness, you will learn the basics of four different types of curses. Loosed from Chains of Darkness is the most comprehensive curse-breaking book on the market today. Get your copy of Loosed from Chains of Darkness by Glenda Lomax, available on Amazon.com in print, Kindle, and audiobook versions.